A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he listened to, and he told them many things in parables. Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Then the disciples came and asked Jesus, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, You will indeed listen, but never understand, and you will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, so that they might not look with their eyes and listen with their ears, and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The Gospel of the Lord. I don't know if the people online can notice, but there's actual crickets in this back corner here of the church right now. And there's nothing more unsettling for a preacher coming up to preach than hearing crickets as he's getting ready to start. So they've stopped now, so maybe they're listening. They have ears to listen, as Jesus says in the gospel. <laughs> what are the odds? We use that saying to help us make better decisions in life. 
when the odds are in a particular favor towards one decision over a different decision, we usually go with where the odds are for success. Because none of us as human beings like failure. We don't do well with it at all. We want to succeed, we want to experience peace and joy, and so what are the odds in something in any area of life whatsoever? We usually go with that best bet possible. This is indeed what happened with the 2002 Oakland Athletics baseball team. It's summertime and I'm missing baseball, so I'm going to use a baseball example to help us launch into the deeper depth of the gospel here today. If you're familiar with the story of the 2002 Oakland A's, is that the year before they had a very good team, but three of their best players were then traded as free agents to some of the bigger powerhouse ball clubs on the East Coast, leaving them having to rebuild. And so their general manager, Billy Bean, a former big leaguer himself, devised a plan and a new strategy that would change the way baseball clubs would draft and choose players for a long, long time. He hired a young Yale graduate executive, Peter Brand, who developed a strategy. How do you win baseball games? By scoring runs. How do you score runs? You need to get players on base. There's no other way. Scoring runs happens by getting players on base. And so instead of going out for the big market superstar that costs so much in a salary for a small market ball, ball club, they went out and looked at all of the statistics of every player in the leagues and in the minors and got a ball club together with the best statistics of players who could get on base. Whether they just had good hits, whether they walked a lot, they even drafted one player who simply got hit by a lot of baseballs by the pitcher because of his unawkward batting stance. You get on base when you get hit by a ball. And so they had a team that was put together in order to get on base, in order to score runs. And that year they set the major league record for the most amount of wins by any baseball team in the league history, which is no small feat. It was because they had mediocre, average players, players of different skill levels working as a team, and all had that vision and that same point in mind, to get on base and to score runs. If we were to apply the same philosophy and vision to our life of faith and to the gospel of the parable of the sower today, Jesus is telling us, in order to experience the secrets of the kingdom of heaven and the glory God wants for us, we need to get fertile soil in our life. We need to have some amount or modicum of fertile soil in our hearts and souls in order for his seed of the kingdom and the good news of the gospel to be understood and to bear fruit in our life. Fertile soil leads to understanding better our faith and bears fruit in our life and in our world, experiencing the presence of the kingdom of heaven here on earth and among us. And so there's really two parables here in our gospel today. The beginning part of the gospel is what we call a contrast parable. So Jesus uses two very contrasting, almost opposing kind of visions or ideas and shows how they come forth. The parable of the mustard seed is another famous contrast parable. Look how small the mustard seed is in its beginnings, and look at how wonderful and big of a large of a tree is at the end. Birds of the air can come and nest there, and it provides shade and so much. The parable of the sower, the beginning part, is one indeed to help us overcome discouragement and doubts. That's why Jesus preached the parable here at this point. The disciples had come back from their mission. They experienced persecution, hostility, and they're discouraged and doubtful 
that they really got what it takes to be a disciple of Christ? Is this really understood in their life? And Jesus preaches to them this parable of the sower, contrasting all of the potential failures that happen at the beginning when the sower goes out to sow. Some of the seed falls on paths. These would have been shortcut paths in the fields that wouldn't have been plowed up by this sower at the time. He doesn't even plow the field first. He just broadcasts the seed so generously and liberally all over the place. It almost seems wasteful. The seed falls on the path, falls on the rocky ground, falls amidst thorns. And so there's, there's three different big-time obstacles here. And yet, three out of the four, one quarter falls on fertile soil, on good soil. And what happens in the harvest? A hundredfold harvest, some 60 and some 30. So there's from little beginnings of lots of obstacles and failures, little seed falls on good soil, and yet there's a huge bumper crop. A tenfold harvest would have been something to brag about for a farmer in the time of Christ. A hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold, unheard of, miraculous, we would say. And yet that's what happens when we just open up a little bit of space in our heart to give God some good soil, to give him ourself and allow him to plant the seeds of the kingdom in our life. That's the kind of harvest he wants us to experience as well. And so what are the odds? The odds are definitely in our favor, even despite obstacles, discouragements, and trials that we face in life. The obstacles are all stacked in our favor because of the power of the seed of the kingdom of God that is given to us first in our baptism, and each and every time we turn to the Lord in prayer and receiving the sacraments. Now we turn to the second part of the gospel, which is transferring us from a contrast parable to a mirror parable. A mirror parable is when Jesus invites us to take some time and reflect on this word and mirror it to our own life. And so now, from knowing that the odds are stacked in our favor, where am I in my journey of faith today? And we're all very familiar with this parable of the sower. We've heard it many times from when we were young. But I would invite each and every one of us this week to take some time in prayer with Matthew chapter 13, this chapter in the gospel. Because our world, our daily life has changed drastically in the past few months. And so God's word is going to impact and hit us differently than it used to. Maybe before, years ago, when you'd read this gospel passage and you would say, okay, maybe I'm struggling with some rocky ground here. Faith kind of sprouts up a little bit here, but as soon as a difficulty arises, it withers away. It goes away quickly. But now it might be different. Now, with our experience of life, maybe there's a deepening in faith that happened through the pandemic as it continues on, and that the Lord is doing other things in our life and cultivating more good soil. Who knows? And so we mirror that parable and apply it to ourselves in kind of a time of reflection. And so we ask the Lord, is some of your seed of the kingdom, Lord, sown on a path in my life where the enemy comes and snatches it away so quickly before it even sprouts? Well then, Lord Jesus, reveal to me the secrets of your kingdom, the secrets of your heart, so that I can have more understanding and depth of soil there. Maybe the seeds of faith in the kingdom are falling on rocky ground in my life, where there's not enough depth for roots to take place, and it's superficial, or I'm going through the motions, or I'm worried about what others may think or say about me. Lord, help me kind of cultivate a depth of the soil there and go deeper 
and not so much worry about what others may say or think, but always be concerned about pleasing you and knowing that you are all good. Maybe our life right now of faith is being surrounded by thorns. These are what Jesus says are the cares of the world and concerns of wealth. Maybe we were hit financially hard over the past few weeks, and now this is a big, big preoccupation about our jobs or economy or finances, and this is getting the best of me, and it's kind of choking the sense of faith. Invite the good Lord to take out the weed whacker and just take down those weeds and thorns so that you can breathe again and we can breathe again without those preoccupations getting the best of us. Because all the Lord needs is a bit of that good soil. The odds are in our favor, and he can do wonders with a great harvest of faith. So as we turn to the Eucharist, every time we come to the celebration of Mass, we are reminded of how effective God's word is. The words of God through the priest at consecration change the normal elements of bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. And just as Isaiah said, as the rain and snow come on the ground and do what they got to do and returned in that full cycle of nature, God's word is as effective, coming down and transforming the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. And that is what cultivates even more good soil in our souls for the kingdom of heaven.